Well, welcome to another edition of uh, Believe in the Bronx. Uh, Pete Caldera here in Toronto. Mike Stanton back at the studios in uh, Houston. And uh, we've got a lot on uh, tap for today. Uh, Aaron Judge, some uh, sign stealing potentially going on. Uh, what's going on with the Yankees pitching? Some of the injury updates. And uh, we'll get, uh, once again, Mike Stanton's thoughts uh, on uh, an event that happened uh in 1998, 25th anniversary of the Yankees' uh, great world championship team. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's finally starting to warm up down here. I don't know what it's doing in the Northeast, but, uh, yeah, we're back. We're in shorts. We're ready to go. We're ready yeah. for summer. It's actually a beautiful uh, couple nights here in Toronto. They had the roof open, which is always nice. Oh, makes wonderful. Makes a difference, yeah. uh, Rogers Center. Makes uh, the ball fly, though. Makes the ball fly. It was uh, – <laughs> It was flying for Aaron Judge with uh, two home runs uh, the other night, and then uh, his last at bat, uh, uh, potentially a little controversy. You know, cameras are, are pervasive everywhere, and of course they caught uh, Judge potentially peering into his own dugout to uh, uh, perhaps get a sign relayed back to him. Now, uh, Judge says he was trying to, uh, uh, quote, get his teammates to calm down after Aaron Boone was ejected. Uh, right. Uh, if you want to buy that, go right ahead. Uh, that's their story. They're sticking to it. But listen, <laughs> we all we all know there's gamesmanship in baseball. Of course, sign, sign stealing ha- in some way or shape or form has gone on for 150 years. Uh, and uh, I I know I'm pretty sure you're an advocate of this. That if you can do it uh, just by sight and have a subtle relay uh, either to a, to to a hitter or or a guy on base yeah. or to a coach that could get those signs back done in real time on the field. Um, to me, that that's gamesmanship. It's perfectly legal. You're not doing anything electronic or anything. Uh, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not looking at a, a video monitor or something like that. Right. And there are ways to, to police that as well. Uh, somebody could get an inside pitch if they feel like they're, they're taking signs from the other team too, or sure. just conceal your signs better. Just wondering what you, what have, what your take is on that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this was a sign stealing situation. You know, judge looked back. He did not look down. You got to remember where is the catcher? The catcher is below, especially for a guy that's six, seven. Um, uh, I, I think really what was happening was I kind of, I, I leaned towards believing Aaron judge. I mean, there's no reason not to believe him. Uh, and it was one of those situations. There was a lot of there was a lot of talking. There was a lot of chirping coming from the dugout. You know, Judge actually had called timeout to try and get everyone you know calm down a little bit. Um, especially once Aaron got uh, Aaron uh, uh, Booney got kicked out of the game, then the dugout really starts kicking in. And and so, you know, it, it's just one of those unfortunate things. But yeah, if you're going to steal signs with your own eyesight your own wits just on the field that's always been known as as good baseball that's just being that's just really paying attention to your surroundings paying attention to your opponents if they're going to give you something you take it but i don't think that's what this really was i think this was had more to do with the umpire i think this had more to do with um with booney just standing up for his players we know that uh you, you know you may like aaron you may not like aaron but the one thing he does do, he is a player's manager. They love to, they love the way he takes up for him. And you know what? It's good theater when he gets kicked out every once in a while. Yeah, it's uh, right. He winds up that uh, that chewing gum and throws it about ninety miles an hour towards the, the dugout. And yes, and and we should. Also- yeah, thirty years ago, that might have been something other than chewing gum. Right. Yes. Right. And disclaimer too. 
the, the Yankees are, are saying that uh, Judge and, and Boone and uh, the Yankees are saying that this was uh, this was a matter of trying to quiet their own dugout out. Yeah. I mean, any speculation that uh, about uh, sign ceiling is what, uh, you know, I mean, listen, we, we can all uh, have our own opinions or speculate about, about these things. But, uh, yeah, this, the Yankees are saying they're not. Uh, you know, I guess we'll find out uh, more about what how the Blue Jays – uh, feel about this yeah. um and there are i mean there are ways to pass location uh, uh uh and things like that but listen um the other part of this was jay jackson was just throwing a steady diet of sliders and more sure. sliders and uh judge saw a lot of those uh uh in a one two count and then the then deposited the next one uh 462 feet away and i think we all understand uh from watching aaron judge uh, to his career now and 62 uh, homers last year that uh, he doesn't need anybody's help uh, to, to help no. hit balls 450 feet. So, uh, but I, I guess this is all a uh, part of the speculation and the, uh, and, 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 and the part of baseball that listen, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I used to cover Bobby Valentine. He was one of the best sign stealers in the business mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he was the Mets manager. And before that with Texas and things like that, uh, Carlos Beltran could pick, up stuff in in the dugout yes. pitchers tendencies there were there were guys who were just so adept at uh at, at picking up the subtleties uh uh you know how a guy holds his glove mm-hmm. how you know anything like that for a pitcher so Guilty. i mean as a pitcher too you always had to right I mean, you had to <laughs> could right you had to control what your actions were you don't want to be tipping anything i mean right. guys tip pitches all the time yeah oh no it, absolutely and and it's kind of a lost art there's not you know the players, and this uh, this isn't against the 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 current day players, but I don't think that they pay as much attention because of the analytics, because of all just the way the game is done now. Uh, I don't think players play, pay as much attention to the little sol- uh, uh, the little sol- um, uh, subtle things yeah. that that play, that pitchers do on the mound, and I'm guilty of it. You know, uh, Todd Green, the catcher. When he came over to the Yankees, he came. He got called up middle of the season. I don't remember what year it was, late nineties. And uh, he actually comes up to me, "Hey, Todd. Hey, Mike. What's going on? We're going back and forth." He goes, "You know, when I was with the Angels, you know, we had your curveball, right?" I said, <laughs> um, "No." Now the Angels always had hit the had, had hit me pretty well. The Texas Rangers. Um, also I think they had my curveball and it wasn't something. And the crazy thing was, um, you know, Mel Stoudemire, no one with the Yankees really picked up on it. And what I would do was I'd have my finger outside my glove and I held my hands one way on a fastball and I held my hands another way on the curveball. And that's, that was the indicator. And it's something as, as subtle as that. So it's not even during the pitch. I was really advertising it and it was, you know, I had my finger out. So it was like a big white needle telling you exactly what pitch was coming. Um, And that's when I actually took my – had uh, had a Wilson contract at the time. They covered my finger, so now at least you couldn't see my finger, um, even though I still had it outside the glove. And I paid attention to it to a a little bit. But being the hard-headed reliever that I was, the way I viewed it, you know what? With my curveball, if you know it's coming and I throw a good one, it really doesn't matter that you're not going to hit it. Now, you know, the margin for error obviously shrinks greatly, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, it, this, this is something that happens all the time. This should happen. Like I said, if the other team is going to give you something, I mean, it's just good sound baseball that you take it. Right. Yeah. That, that's the, 
listen, this, it goes on all the time. And as far as things, as far as Judge hitting the home up. run, I mean, he saw yeah. a bunch of sliders. This was one that was elevated a little bit. It was out over the plate and let, big dude like Judge. That's exactly where he wants the ball. Um, and I'll tell you what, when he hits it, they stay hit. That was a very well struck baseball. That was, uh, yeah, that was something to see. And uh, yeah, this uh, as, and as you said, when the uh, the roof is open uh, here, uh, if you make uh, you make contact, then the way Judge can. I just uh, got the chills. Yeah. I just got the yeah. chills thinking about hitting uh, pitching with the roof open. <laughs> yes, the uh, yeah, you got a good chance if you're sitting at that restaurant above the batter's eye in center. That's right. That's there. right. Uh, Don't put you pay attention there. to the pitches. Pay attention. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the Yankees did something unique uh, uh, to them, at least. Uh, uh, they, they started with an opener uh, the other uh, night yeah. uh, with uh, uh, Jimmy Cordero going uh, against their uh, the heavily right-handed uh, Toronto Blue Jays uh, lineup for, for two innings. Uh, and then they brought Johnny Brito in. Now, uh, you know, Brito has had some reverse splits. He's been better against lefties than righties. Right. And uh, Aaron Boone's thinking was, you know, Cordero, who is limited you know, right-handers, uh, very well this year. Uh, they haven't, uh, I think, just two extra base hits, no home runs against him, a sub 200 average. That uh, you know, that would be the way to start things out, and 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 it and it, it worked. It, um, I don't know how much in practice you can do this uh, if they'll be doing this more often. You know, um, but you know, they're going to get, hopefully, going to get uh, Luis Severino back into their rotation, possibly as early as uh, Sunday in Cincinnati. So. Um, Either Brito or, or Clark Schmidt is, is probably going to lose his rotation spot. Yeah. And I'm thinking if uh, if it's Schmidt, he probably goes back to the bullpen. If it's Brito, he goes into Scranton's rotation. Um, uh, but uh, at least for the Yankees, uh, say they look like uh, they're getting one of their big rotation pieces back uh, sooner than later. Yeah, that and it's going to be huge. Uh, you know, even Garrett Cole has has slowed down just a little bit his last couple starts after getting off to a crazy good start uh, here early in 2023. They need help in the rotation. I mean, you know, they've been doing a pretty good job. They're above 500. Uh, they're playing you know, they're playing adequate baseball right now. But, you know, it seems like a broken record. We talk about this seems like every year they need to get healthy. And if they get healthy, you like where they are. Um, you know, there's still a lot of baseball to be played, but getting Severino back could be a, a huge, huge part um, of them getting on some kind of run because we know if set when Severino is right, he's as good as anybody in the league. I mean, this guy, uh, this guy's got big time stuff. Uh, he's a strike thrower, but he needs to be healthy. So uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, that's exactly what happens. As far as using the opener, you know, Obviously, the Rays are the team that that really coined the phrase. They're really the ones that kind of made this in vogue, uh, made it sexy. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, it, it, it to, it sometimes I think it, it's it's done a little bit too much, even though it's slowed down over the last year or two, just because you know Tampa has a real rotation now. They still use it occasionally, but you know what you have. People need to understand yeah. why do you do it? It's really not that much about the pitching. What it's about is the offense. It gives your team, you get a reliever out there, you're only going to go through the lineup one time. We all know the hardest, the hardest time to hit in a game is late in the game 
when you're getting a different reliever every single inning. You don't get two at-bats against the same guy. And what it does, you have a better chance of putting up a couple zeros in those first couple innings and then to let your offense get into the flow of the game instead of you know, go, you know, giving up a run or two. You know, we see it all the time. A pitcher goes you know, five or six innings, gives up a run or two in the first inning, and he very well may end up getting the loss just simply because he was the first one to give up runs. So if you can let the offense kind of ease into the game, not have the pressure, you know, of the the win or the loss in the first couple innings in your first at bat, you know, no team is made to play from behind. And I think that's that's one of the there's 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 many reasons, but that's one of the reasons why you actually use a reliever to open the game and then bring the starter, they call it the bulk guy, the right. starter in back behind him uh, to get the ball to your late inning guys. Yeah, and uh, right. It, it, it was a rare instance. Who knows if we'll see it again, but uh, it, it seemed to work for them, uh, at, at least in, in this instance. Um, the other uh, guy that they're hoping to get back at some point, Carlos Redon, uh, just had a cortisone shot uh, uh, for his back in mm-hmm. Tampa. He's scheduled for another one. Uh, he may or may not receive it. Uh, this week, he's starting to slow, slowly ramp back up uh, to a throwing program. But, uh, you know, if, if all goes well, still, Mike, you're looking at uh, mid-July to, to have him back in the rotation. That's not what they anticipated uh, going into the season, obviously. Oh, no. I mean, you're talking about one of the best left-handers in the game. Again, when healthy, um, it just hasn't been healthy at all. And it's unfortunate because this guy is special when he's on the mound. You know, the, the reason why they're not sure about the second quarter zone shot is to see how he feels after the first quarter zone shot. Um, and to me, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag just simply because um, I don't know if I've ever really heard of a player getting two quarter zone shots back to back. So we'll have to wait and see exactly. Hopefully that's not the case. But you're right. He's been off long enough now. He's basically got to go through spring training again. And with a back issue... You know, you're not doing a whole lot of the uh, of the conditioning that you need to do to get out there on the mound. It's not just about his arm; it's about the body also. So, you know, it's unfortunate that this happened. Hopefully, the first quarter zone shot uh, does you know knocks out whatever it needs to be knocked out, and he can get back on the rehab schedule and get back sooner than later. But it sure doesn't look that way. Yeah, I guess best case scenario, he's a second half uh, pitcher for the Yankees, and then. uh, Trade line, oh, a, trade deadline acquisition. Trade deadline acquisition. If you're really <laughs> optimistic that uh, you know he's you know saving up a, a lot of bullets and wouldn't be you know as, as tired as maybe a, a starting pitcher might right. might be uh, down the stretch and into October, um, they they seem to be uh, slow playing. Josh Donaldson uh, has not uh, been scheduled for a rehab assignment yet, even though he's been doing everything on the field, uh, hitting, throwing, running. Uh, so we'll just you know stay tuned. Uh, for that, you know, John Carlos Stanton is, uh, is, is, you know, you're still looking at probably early June at the earliest to see him back uh, in, in the lineup from a, a hamstring issue. Tommy Canley is down in Florida. Uh, he'll, he's going to start a rehab assignment uh, either this weekend or early next week. And, uh, you know, you could see him back in, in their bullpen around uh, June 1st. And that's, uh, right. that's a good development. And uh, I mean, that's, uh, you know, they, they've, they've been getting by. Actually, more than getting by in, in the bullpen, Mike, with uh, mm-hmm. you know, with guys like Ian Hamilton and, uh, and uh, Marinacci has picked it up lately. Clay Holmes has looked better. Uh, Wandy Peralta, you know, two straight saves against the Rays. Uh, you know, so they're they're 
they're getting a uh, bang for their buck out of that bullpen, but sure. uh, you know, just ha- having Canley back, I think is going to help a lot. Yeah. It, it'll just be another weapon that Booney can go to late in the game. And, and again, you know, the health is always important, but uh, yeah, it, they've done to tell you the truth. I think the, the bullpen has done a pretty remarkable job with the injuries that they've had, the, the players, the pitchers that they, they have, uh, they do not have the option to put in the game right now because of the IL. So yeah, that would be a big piece. And then as far as JD, um, um, I, it's it's weird. Well, one of the reasons why they haven't started a rehab assignment, because once you start the rehab assignment, you only have a limited number of days and you have to bring him back up. Right. And uh, I, I don't it's it, it, it kind of gets my attention. I you know raises my eyebrows a little bit on exactly what they're trying to do here. But at some point, they have to send him out on the rehab. And I think, uh, Pete, you may you may know this better than I do. Is it still 20 days? Is that the max yeah, rehab? It's still 20 it, days? I think it is. Uh, I don't know. I Now, is it longer for pitchers than position players? It, it could be. It um, might be. But I think I think at least position players, I think it's, you know, you have a max of 20 games uh, yeah. at a rehab assignment. And then, you know, you have to you have to make a move and get him back in the big leagues. Right. And, you know, the other part of this is that, you know, DJ LeMay, who's playing a really nice third base right now. And, you know, know, they've kind of got an infield set with 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 Rizzo, who's kind of been their their offensive hero, uh, most consistent guy all all year. You know, Glaber Torres is second. Volpe at short, who's, who's, who's you know maturing every day and looking looking better and uh, mm-hmm. giving competitive at bats and playing his position well and 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 then uh, Lemayhu at third and they may not you know in some ways not really want to upset that apple card right right now. right I mean uh, the way DJ is playing at third that has something to do with it you're exactly right because you know once you do that it just just DJ knowing that that Donaldson is coming back you know, that may change a little bit of his approach. And and sometimes, you know, you have a, a addition by not doing anything at all. You know, things right. are going pretty well right now. And, you know, it can change tonight. You never know. But, you know, it, it's, it seems like they're dragging their feet a little bit on Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Uh, one more thing to, to watch for this week. Uh, Nestor Cortez, uh, in his uh, last uh, – Four starts, he's had an eight and a half ERA and has had trouble third time through that lineup. Uh, says he's healthy, you know, hamstring fine. Uh, he, he was over about a strep throat uh, about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, which may have contributed to, to, to some of this. But um, you know, it's just something to watch for in his next start to see if he can give him some length and a little more effectiveness. You know, the stuff still looks pretty good from Nestor, so it's it's not like there's a big downgrade in velocity or or you know everything's flattening out. That third time through the lineup, you know, if if you go back 30, 40 years. The starting pitchers, especially the veteran starting pitchers, they didn't use their whole arsenal from the first inning. They would actually try and get through the lineup the first time, you know, maybe mostly fastballs and a couple breaking balls, you know, something like that. Instead of, you know, throwing the kitchen sink uh, at the first hitter. And that's really a trend that you see all the way across baseball now that you don't you're not saving anything for that third and fourth time through. So maybe if he could be a little bit more efficient early in the game, maybe not use so many of the off-speed pitches because like Judge last night, you know, he saw so many sliders. All it was going to take was a mistake and that's what he ends up hitting it, you know, 460 feet. That was a mistake breaking ball, but you know, he's probably sitting on it. The count is 1 and 2. Uh 
and he had already seen several in the at bats. So there was there was no surprise there. Right. So maybe he can, you know, that third time through the lineup, what the pitchers really have to concentrate on is the starter, the starters is execution. I have to have location. If I have location, I'm going to be fine. But when you've thrown, you know, when a hitter is seen already seen, you know, nine or 10 or 12 pitches in his first two at bats and he's seen everything you have, there is no surprises now. Now it's all about location, location, location. Right. Uh, and just to finish up with uh, one more left-hander you knew pretty well, uh, Dave Boomer Wells. Yeah. Uh, this week is the 25th anniversary of his his perfect game. Just to want to get your your recollections about uh, that day. Uh, you're probably in the bullpen for for. A I was. That and uh, and uh, I don't. Did you ever get warmed up? Did anybody ever warm up? In I that don't time? think anyone I even warmed up. I, I think that yeah. maybe maybe Mariano at the end, but I don't remember anyone anyone warming up in the game. He was really good that day. Now, we, we have to remember the Twins weren't a great hitting club right. that year. But listen, they got a stick. They're at the plate. They they got a chance. And, um, you know, there were a few mistakes that were missed. You look at the last pitch that was a pop-up to right field. That was kind of a mistake. But, hey, you know what? He got the he got the he 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 got the no-hitter. He got the perfect game. It was really cool to see uh to be in the stadium, the place was rocking and rolling. Yankee fans, like always, they knew exactly what was happening. You weren't you weren't fooling anyone. No one was saying it because Yankee fans have a tendency to be superstitious. But yeah. it, uh, yeah, that was a special day, and we had a good celebration afterwards. Yeah, that uh, that was a memorable night. And then uh, we could talk about this on another podcast. But two nights later, you had the, an epic brawl against the Baltimore Orioles that everybody's still talking about. Too. Oh, yeah. I what remember a, that one. Very well. Armando Benitez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this edition of uh, Believe in the Yankees. Believe that's a Bronx. tease for the next one. Yes. We'll, 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 <laughs> we, we, we've got a whole treasure trove of 98 memories we want to we want to get into. That's it. And uh, so that's it from uh, from here in Toronto and uh, Mike back at the studios in Houston. We will see you back in New York next week.